All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 231 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the KISS FAQ message board, and I am joined by... Bag boy Alex, and thank you I, so much for hosting last week when I was uh, at the very last minute taken out of the game. But uh, there you go, life happens, and life comes first before music, podcasting, work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So thank you very much. Uh, you've wet your beak in the hosting duties, and that's a nice thing that everyone on here is equal. Uh, also, Lonnie, St. Louis Kiss, and the voice of reason, 69th Blizzard Ken. All right, let's try and do a show this week because there's little bits and pieces all over the place about, you know, stuff that's going on. So we're not going to dedicate this whole episode to any singular topic. We're going to be all over the place a little bit like, well, as we are every day as KISS fans. So we're going to start on Dynasty, head back to rock and roll over and then hit Asylum. Um, First up, news. And this will be of interest to a lot of people who aren't able to get to shows, who've been getting gouged on eBay, um, or haven't managed to win one of our giveaways. The tour book is apparently now on the Kiss End of the Road shop uh, for $40. Oh, so. I didn't know that. That, Thanks, that, that is a, a big <laughs> win. Um, hopefully it is packaged appropriately because I did buy four copies, so I had one sandwich in the middle that was not going to get any dings whatsoever. Um, so that that's one of the kind of cool things. Um, have, we, have we mentioned that new Vinnie Vincent CD that's coming out? It's like uh, even more yes. demos and shit. But I, Were I, we at two or something? Yeah, I I don't remember. I'm behind on all couple weeks ago. of where I am, so just uh, covered in case anyone is new to the show. Um, I don't want to do another long episode about the end of the road tour, other than some of the topics that do come in, um, you know, like Sam that we'll talk about during this episode. But I did go to the forum show last. What was it? Saturday now, and third show. Yeah, I've been going to a show a week. I'm, I'm rationing myself this, this tour. Um, unlike those poor bastards who've gone to all 13 shows, Alexander, um, I, I've only been able to do three to this, to, to this point. And I, I must say, Ken, I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed Sacramento. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, uh, possibly more than Vancouver mm-hmm. and, I do miss one thing that's – well, there's a couple of things that have changed with the show since Vancouver and since Sacramento. Um, Sacramento was the first show where the intro ha- uh, did not feature the Whistler rocket. Uh, right as the curtain drops mm. in Vancouver and okay. most of the shows, uh, I don't think it was done in Tacoma, but uh, ev- at least all the other shows through um, San Diego, there's a there was a really loud whistling bottle rocket type effect right as the curtain drops. It was loud. It was very high pitched for anyone who remembers uh, whistling bottle oh, rockets yeah. from back in our youth. Um, and that now seems to have disappeared completely. It hasn't. So they, so they fired the guy that had that little whistle going. You know? <laughs> I I think more than likely they blew their load. You know they ran out of bottle rockets because that was freaking loud. It was impressive. I can't decide whether I miss it or not because it was actually kind of painful. 
So I, I wonder if it was painful mm-hmm. to the band as well at going oh, off right above <laughs> maybe and, said, yeah, and behind them, or whether there loud. was or whether yeah. there was some other reason why it's gone away. So that that was one thing that I noticed at uh, at, at the LA Forum. Um, other than that, Paul now seems to be on a mini stage uh, every show. It you know he started on the well, star up in the kind of rafters in Vancouver, which was really neat. But looking back at my footage of that, it was very unstable. And you could see him walking, and it's moving slightly. It was moving. Yeah. 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 But when you're up on a catwalk, it's amplified. So I wonder if that was uncomfortable. There may be some other reason. There may be load limitations on how much can be hung from the roof in a particular Mm -hmm. area and arena. Um, Maybe they didn't like it. Maybe it didn't work. Um so I, I don't know the reasons. It's just something that I've noticed has happened. And then since then, um, Sam the Serpent has started spewing. So uh-huh. Sam was basically looking just like a stage prop through mm-hmm. the vast majority of these uh, first dozen or so shows. However, in the last couple of days, I, I think in uh, Corpus Christi, it was the first time where he started spewing fog through his fangs. Uh, and of course, back in the 70s, I believe he was used to light Gene's torch. So it's nice now. You can look at the Detroit Rock City intros uh, to both of those shows, Dallas last night and Corpus Christi the night before, and see Sam in action. And it's like he's coming into his own. He's gaining power as the tour. Uh, gaining confidence. Yeah. He fly, probably. He, he's ready, you <laughs> know, mean. so you have to wonder what might be coming next. So, you know, again, that's that's kind of neat. And those are, you know, the main things that have really changed. And if I've just ruined the tour for you, I'm sorry, because those are a bunch of spoilers, and I didn't give you any warnings in advance. Oh, and, of course, Gene. Gene now has uh, definitely settled on doing his whole God of Thunder uh, blood shtick on the pod on the stage and then being lifted up mid-song up into the well into the rafters to have all the backing screens display his face so uh, you know there's probably some other things that you know I haven't noticed for those people who are diligently watching YouTube videos what have you noticed um Again, stuff's being fine-tuned through the first couple weeks of the tour. Obviously, first question for you guys. um, Setlist hasn't changed one bit since day one. What's your thought on no set changes? Uh, Does it bother you? Everyone has shows coming up. I get a lot of year this weekend, aren't you? Yeah, I'm Saturday Mm -hmm. night, so I'm excited, but I don't don't expect any setlist changes obviously um it's disappointing in a way but it's also i'm not surprised that there hasn't been anything either um you know kiss was never i mean kiss was never really big on on changing up the set list to begin with you know on on some tours you know you would see them maybe try out a few songs on the first show or two and then they'd come into their own and have a sustained set list the rest of the way i remember in 2010 when they going back to 2010 when they toured they toured europe on sonic boom over europe tour and then came straight into america and did dates in america on on sheds and it was the exact same show every single night in europe and when they came back to the united states the only addition was that they started playing beth about midway through that european tour in 2010 and then they kept beth when they came to the united states so i mean that was the exact same set list and believe it or not that was nine years ago 
So it doesn't surprise me that that it's the exact same. It's a little disappointing because I always like the the intrigue of oh, what are they going to play next? You know, like in when they played with Motley Crue a few years ago, they would they did their set and then they came back for the encore and they did a a different yeah. song it was whether it was and it was it wasn't an obscure song, but it was either Cold Gin or Deuce or Strutter or something like that, and then played Rock and Roll Night. So, but there there is none of that. There is no element of surprises, which is disappointing. But if there's you know, some help being brought in along the way. Maybe they only have help for those songs. Yeah. I mean, going to three shows, you know, after Vancouver, I expected every show basically that, that I, w- I might get a different song here. And I, again, I hold out hope for something from rock and roll over to be thrown in because <laughs> to me, that is an egregious omission from the set, regardless of any, you know, logic about keeping everything mm-hmm. the same, you know, in the old days, people didn't go to multiple shows or a ton of shows. So you, they wouldn't feel the need. And if they're doing the farewell, then they may just be, well, screw it. This is our set for our end of the road. Take it or leave it. You know what it is. You now know it hasn't changed. Alex, you have quite a long wait until you get to see them in your neck of the woods. Um, how does the lack of any set change or the set itself make you feel? You know, I'm curious if when they come through on a second leg, if there might be an adjustment to the set. You know, whether it's, you know, rearranging what song orders or, or putting a different song in. Um, I agree with the rock and roll over admission, especially I was just thinking the other day, like, yeah, why is it? Why is there no song from that album, especially when they just released a limited edition colored vinyl? You know, <laughs> you know, it's kiss. Sometimes they do things that make us just shake our heads. But um, I'm looking forward to see what they might do, you know, with Europe, like where they, you know, maybe add a different song and maybe Crazy Nights because it was a big hit over there for the farewell. Uh, when it hit like Australia, where they throw in Shandy over a different song. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But, I, you know, I'm not not upset with the set list. You know, it kind of is what it is. I was going through because I seen them in 2009 and 2010. So I know if I if I see this set list, I'll get six new songs that I haven't heard live by Kiss. So, you know, it's it's a win win for me. Yeah, and and that's always the case that there may be something new in the set for you, or if there isn't, maybe you know I said it about the uh, the cruise set list, and I still keep telling myself to justify what happened on the cruise that you're supposed to like each one of these songs as a Kiss fan, or at least like the majority of the songs because I can do without hearing "Hide Your Heart" ever again. To be perfectly honest, if there's one set, one song in that set that really, as I watch and listen to more and more shows, um, and by the way, uh, the LA recording is up on a certain file sharing site. That if you have ten cents, you might be able to gain access to. Um, Ken, you've got a long wait until we go to Oakland in September. Yeah. I mean, what do you kind of feel? And are you watching YouTube videos from each of these nights to see if anything's changing, or have you kind of had your experience now and are just reading casually? Yeah, I yeah, I'm just like I said, reading casually. Uh, I may look at a couple of videos from uh, different venues, whether it's you know Dallas or whatever, um, but it's the same shows, the same songs. Um, the thing with the uh, uh, the set list is I don't I don't see it changing. Uh, probably because of the the programming of the you know the lighting, the you know the the flames and 
lasers and whatnot. Um, they may do it. <laughs> yeah, vocal. Yeah, vocals too, I guess, to a degree. Um, but I think they might change it. Maybe I'm just going to say they, they might change it halfway through. Um, I'd like to see them change it. I'd like to see them represent you know, rock and roll over. Um, they're representing, you know, hot in the shade, which is, eh, you know, why? Um, and maybe over overdoing Destroyer a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see, you know, rock and roll over song, whether it's Doctor or something else. Um, I, I I don't know why they're omitting something like that. Um, just it just doesn't make sense. I mean. It's it's omitting Gene songs for the most part, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> whether it's like you know Doctor Love or Christine Sixteen, for instance, um, two hit songs. So why why not slip one of those in there, or you know just add add it on, make twenty one songs. You know, um, you know you can still keep the set list, but just insert one new with a new programming. That way you don't have to mess too much. You just get that ready and ready to go, and it'll just be an added song to the set list. They probably don't want to be out there that long since they're already doing two hours or over two hours a little bit. Um, so I don't know. But I think they will change it. Uh, but maybe halfway down you know, the road, I guess. <laughs> um, and I'd like to see a change, uh, hopefully a, a positive change. I'd like to throw just real quick. Yeah, I, I for one, I hate the whole breakdown. They've been doing to look it up for, gosh, who knows how long. They made a <laughs> right. two-and-a-half-minute song into a 10-minute deal. And and I sound like they've tried to mixing it up, but it just sounds weird. But I just sit there and go, like, that's another Kiss song that could have been in there. <laughs> you could have done Dr. Love and look it up at the time you've been doing look it up. But question, Julian, if I could throw one. How was it going to a show at the Forum, you know, kind of an iconic location for a KISS show? How was, like, the atmosphere, if you don't mind me asking? The atmosphere was absolutely incredible. Things didn't work out how I'd hoped down there for my L.A. visit in any way. Um, I didn't get to meet half the people I'd hoped to see in, at the show, but that's just how it goes. I mean, the, the venue itself is absolutely insane. I was standing outside um, – and I, I was, you know, in there from, a you know, just five after five is when I got there when they opened up the terrace because I wanted to start unloading these bloody buttons. Um, and I was sitting looking up at the side of the building. I think I posted the, the picture on Facebook. of They were projecting the KISS logo yeah. onto the upper arches of the forum. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm actually here at um, a legendary KISS venue because you can't go to Detroit to Kobo. It's gone. Um, Capson is gone. So when you think back to the legendary Kiss venues, the Forum's going to be high up on any list, I would think, because of Alive 2, Madison Square Garden. Um, so I was kind of thinking, my God, I'm a boy from England. I'm at the Forum. Oh, and there's the guys who've been at all 12, you know, uh, you know. so it, it was one of those things that I, I kind of sucked in the atmosphere. I thought it was a fantastic venue as well. You know, outside was really cool. It, it was breezy. It was freezing. Um, the merch places were all kind of open. Half of them that I went to didn't have tour books and one didn't have drumsticks. One didn't have the, the, the T-shirts, um, but it didn't matter. 
it was like I'm in L.A. I'm seeing another show in L.A., uh, last time, of course, being Dodger. Um, so it, it, it was just amazing. You know, I was kind of geeking out. I'm where they recorded parts of Alive 2 that weren't used. It's, you know, really <laughs> neat. You know, so so very, how was it? Very cool. You know, impressive. It was great inside. And it's got to be one of the venues that... I've never gotten out of a venue so fast as the forum. I mean, it was basically five minutes from the end of the show and I was on the street trying to, trying to get an Uber and, you know, Mm. it it was impressive. Very, you know, so LA, you were good. I mean, you know, managed to have dinner with one of my friends um, the night before at uh, Bloodsoes, which is a barbecue joint that I always go to when I'm in L.A. The downside to that was the sewer line broke at the end of our meal. Um, oh, no. Yeah, so <laughs> if, if you think of those sorts of aromas wafting, wafting mm. in and mixing with the aromas of barbecue. It's uh, not a good combination. It's really not a good combo, and I'm so glad that we were paying for the for the bill at that 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 time because <laughs> it was brutal. And then going and trying to find somewhere nearby, walking distance to have another drink, there was nothing. So ended up back at my hotel by 9:30, which was probably not such a bad idea. Uh, had a cup of coffee and did some more work. So um, I actually bought some merch, and I did want to uh, show this. Um, Eric Singer drumsticks. You know, I I have never been big on buying merch. I was going to get the event shirts. $50 for those is painful. Mm -hmm. These are a relative bargain at 35. So Mm -hmm. if you want something from a show and you can't quite reach for 50 uh, for the shirts, that's a good one. Another good bit bit of merch um, is the Eric Singer signed drum heads, which Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of kids and people walking around with. Tommy has signed photos as well. Nothing signed by Gene and Paul at those. You're going to have to buy a sword, a, a sword or a guitar, I think. <laughs> Somebody bought the sword last I, night. I was so happy to really? see that. Yeah, number yeah. one, that badass flaming sword comes with a custom case. Did you see well, that? Well, now guy? it's worth it. Why, why haven't you done it yet, Julian? because i would really like to wake up tomorrow and not have it impaled in my head yeah no you might might be using a sword to cut something off exactly yeah and not not stopping there going up you know through the skull um no no interest whatsoever in that other than i'm thrilled to see someone has done it and it's going to be hanging on someone's mantelpiece um you know i can do a guitar because i can fucking play it there's there's a difference for me then then you justify that a little more. Yeah, yeah, I, honey, it's a Pete it's a Pete Willis thing. Yeah, it's, I can play. I can play. I, I can play it. Uh, <laughs> I was looking for it. I was looking forward to the Julian Gill Facebook videos of him. You know, check us out, guys. <laughs> I'm blowing fire with it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you'll never see me do that hand gesture on camera. So. Uh, <laughs> Ken, thought, thoughts on oh, the that hand just, wow. yeah, thoughts on the sword, and so and, you know he got the bass as well. The guy who uh, did the sword last night, that's that's wonderful. Yeah, I think that's cool. I, I that's the first I heard of it. So um, I don't know how much is that going for twelve thousand or something. I I can't remember what this, the 12, price was. Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. But maybe you get a little bit of a discount. Uh, if you buy the base too, you get a little bit of a break. Something, but uh, yeah. Well, it maybe. I mean, uh, if I want, if I was gonna get one, I would want the one that you know 
bounced off the, the <laughs> thing and onto yeah. the stage the one that failed the dud the failed attempt at uh, planting it into the foam or whatever it is foam box <laughs> all right so b- before we get on to some of the other things um david garibaldi has extended yes. his run with kiss he'll be at most dates i think there's two at the end of um is it this month or march whatever philadelphia and the other one sorry to whoever the other one city is uh where he won't be so so i get to see him saturday night yeah so i'm or, or he'll be there saturday night I'll he will be he will the be line. there and you know <laughs> again i still don't think kiss is doing a great job of publicizing his uh painting charity auctions um so if people can find out if he mentions during the shows do post it up on facebook uh you know and get it shared out there because again those things benefit charities and in some of the cases it's been wounded warriors it's been veterans groups it's been reading and development groups it's all very worthwhile especially when the only people who can really afford that are really rich because you know at 14,000 or more for the paintings I don't see them ending up in a lot of KISS fans homes especially after their end of the road gouge has uh, taken place but uh, do share it up so that other people can find out and it's also interesting to see just how much and who this does benefit since it's uh, in lieu of a different sort of opening act alright so Nikki Six. <laughs> Nikki, because I was a Motley Crue fan long ago, until you started making shit music, um, I'll get to give you a free advert for your fucking Netflix. The Dirt movie is coming out. You know how odd it is that Nikki got really upset about Kiss right at the same time he had his own project about to come out. Funny how that works, huh? Um. Ken, well, thoughts on Nikki? Yeah, I mean, come on. Sure, you know, Kiss used the cherry picker, whatever, shows him a picture of a cherry picker with Nikki Six in it, you know, same same thing. So what? I mean, people borrow stage, you know, parts uh, from each other. And let's let's face it, I mean, Molly Crew is, is, has borrowed a, a hell of a lot since the beginning. That's how they started. I mean, with the look and the makeup and then their own fire uh, routine that they had at the beginning. I think they even had a blood deal uh, even at the beginning, right? With Mick, was it Mick Mars or no, something like that? Was, was it Mick? Yeah, it was Mick. And Nick, uh, so, Nicky got set on it, fire, it, I think. Yeah. And with the, the moves on the stage that they used to do uh, back then, I mean, it was all totally influenced by, um, you know, Kiss. So, what's the difference? I mean, Kiss borrowed things from Alice Cooper and other bands. Um, it's just part of the deal. No, but why make a big deal about it? It really isn't. And like you said, I think he's only making a big deal about it because they're going to have a their uh, biography, whatever movie or series, uh, come out on Netflix soon. So, whatever. I don't. It doesn't make a big deal. You know, it's not a big deal for me. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just kind of a ridiculous, you know, statements that he's been saying. 
grumpy old men, get off my lawn. You know, Mot- Motley Crue, <laughs> right. by their own admission, wanted to bring a stadium-type show into the clubs in the early days. And that's exactly what they did. Too Fast for Love, you know, with the blood, with the fire, and the lights. Well, they bought their lights from Rat, I think. Um, or was it Rat bought them from Motley? I, it doesn't matter. You know what they were yeah. trying. What they were trying to do was be Kiss in the clubs. So nothing's truly original in rock and roll. I mean, you can look at Trans Siberian Orchestra. You can probably look at a lot of boy bands. Right. Uh, the Crane Arms. Well, who did Cherry Pickers in the seventies? I mean, just because they're hung from the ceiling rather than being mounted on the stage, it, it's hardly that different. Yeah, they're the same things. I mean, they're probably rented from the same company. If if memory serves me right, Robert Long, I believe, is the design coordinator, the production coordinator for the Kiss Tour, who did the end. So when you hire the same person to do the same job, then it's it's hardly surprising. Right. But again, it gets back to Motley has, you know, new product to push. So you just latch on to anything. And what is one of the biggest stories going on right now? Kiss's end of the road tour. Is it because it's kiss on the end of the road? No, it's probably because of the lip sync bullshit, but you know, you, you latch on to whatever's going to get you the most press. So, you know, Gene would be proud of, you know, Nikki's a poor man, Gene Simmons. So Lonnie thoughts on Motley and Nikki. You know, I, I, when you hire the same, person who produced your show odds are you're going to see some similarities when you hire the same architect that built the house down the street odds are you might be using the same blueprints that he used for that house when you know you've you've i mean i've gone to one thing that that i like to do with my family would be my dad or my wife is we go to you know different stadiums when we go to different cities like a lot of these ballparks baseball stadiums near one another because the same designer designed a lot of these modern ballparks that resemble old time ballparks. Like if you go to Bush stadium in St. Louis and then go to great American ballpark in Cincinnati, they're a lot alike. Well, why? Because the same guy designed them. So if you hired the same guy to design your tour that designed Motley Cruz tour, and you're both these over the top, you know, visually exciting bands, well, odds are there's going to be some similarities. And, yeah, Kiss used risers in the 70s. You know, everybody uses risers in that. People said they went and saw Lady Gaga when she came to town, and she's using these ramps and walk, walk, walking across them throughout the, the arena. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's not a trademark. They can do it. So it, it really is a, a hit, get off my lawn. And, oh, by the way, two days later, here's the trailer for The Dirt coming on Netflix that we've only been talking about for the last nine years. So he yeah. only, you know, got himself in the news two days before that trailer was released. So, you know, and the whole thing is in a month or so, Nikki's comments are going to be forgotten and no one's going to get crap anymore. Anyway. Yeah. Have you, so it's whatever. Uh, yeah. Alex, before I get to you, I do want to just ask the, the two older gentlemen. Um, have any of you heard the new Motley Crue song? <laughs> Who walked in? <laughs> the, um, the Motley No, I haven't heard it. I have oh not. Oh my god, it's bloody it's worse than the last the couple. Dirt. We want the dirt. It's Is it the, worse than all bad things must come to oh an end? Oh my god, it's worse than that, and it's worse mm, than sex. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that I'm I'm sorry. I, I saw like a version on one track listing for the new one of the new recordings. And I'm 
you know, Motley, I loved Motley Crue. Again, they are part of my 14-year-old me. When I went down to Kmart to buy that Asylum cassette on my birthday, I bought Theater of Pain the same day. Mm. So that's how much Motley means to me. The problem is with Motley that I, I never really went much further than, you know, Dr. Feelgood. Uh, Prim- mm-hmm. uh, Primal Scream is fantastic. MC94, everything after that. New Tattoo has its moments, but you know they're just they're not they're not a band that's as great as Kiss is. So if you need to tug on Gene's coattails, that's fine. It's all about the cranes. Alex, you know I'm just waiting for the the Beatles uh, or Paul McCartney to get pissed off at Kiss for using two microphones on the stage. I mean, that's that was my thoughts on the whole thing. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Kiss is going to get in trouble for using two microphones on the stage by the Beatles. Okay, next. <laughs> you know, that that was how I took it. I just, you said, free, free uh, publicity and, and so forth. And, you know, if, if you know, Nikki Six needs some charity from Gene's you know, School of Business Ethics, go for it. Yeah, next next Nikki will be complaining that Gene's using fire on stage. On the end, the Motley Crue's the end. I had a flamethrower. Now Gene's blowing flames as well. Yeah, okay. Uh, merchandise. Mm. RIAA Awards have just there been. Uh, the, the latest one is going to be Kiss. 45th anniversary bundle is now available for pre-order. I actually typed up a whole bunch of notes about the different versions and I completely forgot to load them up. So let me just blabber on while I load that. Uh, or try. Well, along with that 45th anniversary is the, uh, you got the uh, RIAA award. Plus you have, a, there's a, like a, a jacket a lighter, zippo lighter, it's all kinds of things, and plus the uh, colored vinyl, which we've been perfect hoping for continuing. And you know, you I, go I, that other website, I, just get the vinyl. Yeah, I yeah, pre-ordered the, the vinyl. Sound of Vision. Sound of vinyl. Yeah, I haven't yeah, even pre-ordered it. I I just don't think I'm that interested now in these to yeah. go and start getting. I mean, this is clear vinyl with pellets in it, so it, it basically means we accept that they're going to be dirty they're clear vinyl. Sure. So pellets, you know, or anything. Well, the vinyl. I like it dirty. The PVC. <laughs> Come on, Lonnie's happy already. Satisfied customer, <laughs> and he hasn't even received his product. Um, I, I actually, I actually bought the. The 2014 reissue of the original album, or actually my, my wife got it for got it for me for Valentine's Day, and wow. then like three days later they announced that that oh, we're gonna have the the colored vinyl, and I was like, oh honey, we have to get this. We just bought that. How many copies of the first album do you need? One more. But it's colored. But this one's colored vinyl, <laughs> and you're gonna leave it in the shrink wrap probably. Every Kiss fan ends up sounding like Nigel, but this one goes to 11. It's clear. Yeah, but this one's clear, honey. So on the bundles, there is uh, the Platinum bundle, which was, I think, offered at a discounted $950. Leather jacket with the Kiss logo on uh, breast and rear with the icons below it. A uh, gold award, which I must say I'm impressed that they got the correct label on that one. Uh, I do not like the individual faces in the corners. Corners. I would have preferred them just keep it, uh, uh, you know, solid black. 
um, for that one. And then it comes with a sapia lithograph of uh, an alternative version of the first album cover outtakes. Uh, the gold level for $115 discounted. Um, a classic Kiss vintage edition T-shirt. That's basically the rhinestones. I, I couldn't tell if they were <laughs> printed on there or what. A mini record sleeve, a, a fold-out case that holds two coasters, coasters to, to put your drink like on. Albums. Um, I thought it was yeah. a CD reissue, and I was like, holy was shit, there's so... a second CD. I had people PMing me as well, oh, no. but I had but already thought. Yeah. And then I looked at the notes, it's like, coasters, really? I was so pissed when i saw it because i got i jumped i was looking on instagram and i saw the little advert and i thought they're doing a deluxe and then i went and saw it was coasters and was like son of a save your money people you can use your actual kiss cd as a coaster also (laughs) oh you can't sacrilege what's the matter with you (laughs) so also in that gold package is a kiss zippo lighter does anyone still smoke um and of, and of course, yeah, the, why are you encouraging that? Yeah, a, co- a coaster. They're encouraging drink and smoke. All right. Um, silver level, $65 discounted. The t shirt and the vinyl, and then just the vinyl. And $29.98? No. I, I can't do it. What I, what I did see some people saying is that they are going to replace all the vinyl in their Kisteria box set with the colored vinyl versions. Why? Why not? I know it's probably the same stamper. You know, um, it's just the leftover crap anyway. Is all it is. It's the leftovers of the 2014 they couldn't sell, and that that's what they're our, doing with it. I was talking to a, a friend because he does. <laughs> it really is. I was talking to a friend because he does vinyl collecting, and that was the thing. Cause I, I kind of been on the fence. Like, gosh, should I get the rock and roll over? Because I don't. I've only got like two Kiss records, three. Uh, Carnival Souls, Elder, and, and the best of the solo albums. And I was like, maybe I should get some of these color vinyl. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to start getting something if they're not going to do the whole series. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want to get, like, Rock and Roll Over and Destroyer and Kiss and then maybe in the solo albums and maybe they do Dynasty, but then they cut it at that part. And it's like, oh, okay, well, so much for the other albums, like Creatures, that could have been a cool color vinyl. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. it, your collection just wouldn't be complete without a brown a, a brown elder LP, right? Blue splashes be on a brown elder. <laughs> Yellow. Mm, well, yeah. I think, yeah, I think <laughs> no, it, it would have to be, yeah, always. it would have to be yellow, like corn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think it'll continue as long as it, it sells. I mean, I heard that they said they're doing 4,000 of the, of the, you know, this album, the yeah. Kiss album. Um, and I think, I, I know they're probably going to do Hotter Than Hell, I'm guessing, next. Um, or, you know, one of those. And, uh, yeah, as long as it sells, I think they'll keep doing it. Um, you know, and the people who want to get it, that's fine. You know, some people with the vinyl, they're completists to a degree. Um, I am semi-completist. I don't get everything, but uh, at least the, the newer versions sound pretty good. So I thought, well, I have the 2014. My, I'm going to get the colored ones because I like the colored vinyl. It's it's less boring than the black. 
Well, come on. The last couple that have come out, I mean, Destroyer looked fantastic. The orange of Rock and Roll Over was absolutely brilliant. That and, looks nice. You know, when you get the blue thong colored Crazy Nights, you know, life will be thong. You know, it. I'm I'm walking away from more Kiss collectibles or stuff like that these days. I walked out a record store today without buying. Uh, they had the Paul and Jean reissue picture discs from Lilith from a few oh, yeah. years back for just 24 bucks each, uh, brand new sealed as well. And I was like, no. Um, apart from the fact they said made in Germany, right over the made in Russia printed on the label. Uh, uh, that's like a war in a box right there. Um, I, I want to be selective because there's a clear vinyl just doesn't do it. You called it, didn't you, Ken? You had said. He did. I said, I said silver with the like black marbling or whatever. Um, when I when we had that that episode of you know a few back or so when we were talking about it. So I you know I'd like to see more of it. I think they can do some cool things. Um, like you say, bling selective. I'm selective. I only that Lilith picture disc. Mm-hmm. I only got one of them, and it's on the wall. That's the one that Gene signed with. Then because the old ones, I have the original four, and the old ones had that, you know, they faded, they kind of turned. They yellowed as well. Yellowish, yeah. uh, the white turned to yellowish, you know, aged or whatever. Um, so I had to get, I wanted to get the G1 and get that signed, so I took care of that. I'm not going to get the other three of that one. Now, what about I, some of these other, sorry, uh, before I go into that, then, uh, Alex, what were you about to say? Okay. I was going to say, you know, the, the one thing I, I was bummed to, and maybe I'm just the only weird one who thought, but I think the thing that would have got me maybe sold a bit more on this 45th is if, and I hope they wouldn't have ruined anything for collectors of the first pressing, but if they pressed it like the first pressing without kissing time on it, uh, you know, I mean, they've only did that for original pressing. So if they did a colored one, I think that would still have value to the original pressing, of course, because it's that original, was it NB9001? Uh, but to really say this is the 45th, have an original track listing too. But sorry, <laughs> go on. That was like my only thing. I was like, I wish they'd done I, that. I think the, yeah, but they they'll do a 50th. Like, oh, I got gypped. I didn't get some time on. <laughs> yeah, they'll do a 50th anniversary probably, Alex, and maybe that's when they're going to have. Maybe I made a post about that. I'll have to buy it again. I don't know if you saw my post on that. Buy it again. (laughs) Valentine's Day. Right. Where are the CD packs? I mean... Yeah, where are they? I'd rather the CD packs. Like, deluxe edition CD packs. Like, done right. Done right, though. Not revisit the Love Gun shit that came out a few years ago. I'm I'm sure Ken Sharp would love to write, you know, some proper liner notes for these you know, CD issues. It's been 2014 since the latest Masters came out and then what mastered for iTunes and used on the K40 vinyl releases. There's been no CD reissue or issue of those up-to-date, you know, best Sonic Fidelity versions. You know, we're still humping the 22-year-old remasters now. It's just staggering with how often other bands have reissued their uh, their catalogs, and they're still reissuing many of the titles in Japan. Uh, you know, it comes up for a new printing every now and then, stuff like Greatest Kiss and all of that. So the CDs, as much as the vinyl is nice, 
and yeah, I'm sure the price point for from a business perspective, twenty eight twenty nine ninety eight probably has a pretty good margin for everyone involved, even with the higher cost per unit than a CD. Um, probably makes more business sense these days, but you know, I'm still a person who prefers CDs and you know being able to open up a package and you know read a booklet inside and maybe have a second disc of, of the bonus stuff. But it doesn't seem like there's that that's going to be happening anytime soon. And I wouldn't think that anyone in the band is able to give any time to it while they're on the end of the road tour. Yeah. You know, Paul has been back in the studio for for Soul Station a couple of times while on the road, but. You know, when they're off the road, they're probably with family. They're doing their own thing. And you know, I don't see Tommy, who's, I guess, the unofficial catalog consultant, saying, yeah, you know, my, I've got two days off. I'm going to spend it. No, I, somehow I don't see that <laughs> happening. Um, but going back to the uh, awards, coming soon, we're obviously hotter than hell, dressed to kill. Yeah. Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Destroyer. I am I, Mark. Mark. The destroyer does look badass, though. I'm sorry. Mark. I I, to, I told Mark before that if they did one, I am buying him one. He is getting one, whether he wants it or not. He needs. We can to all make... chip in and buy him one. Nope. This is from, <laughs> from me to him, um, atoning for my Ezrin sins. To wow, wow, wow. If if I can get a Ezrin produced award up on Mark's wall. Or at least propped against the door. Um, you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> take <doorstep. laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take that as a win. But yeah, you know, Lonnie, you, you said it. It looks really, it's really phenomenal. Cool. Yeah, that, the, the hotter than hell one's cool looking too, but the destroyer one just looks amazing. The hotter than hell one, I am really resisting. Um, and you know, it's easy to resist until you can actually order and pull the trigger because that is actually one of the best looking. As is, Dest- I'm, I'm really bummed out about Destroyer looking so good, um, because I don't want to <laughs> buy. Any, I don't want to buy any of these. I don't want any. I know it's hard. Faux awards on my wall. I've got real ones up there. Um, I've had real ones. So yeah. they they did a good job. I was I was glad because. I had to be honest, I was disappointed with the rock and roll over because the little saw blade kind of cuts off the record and the image. Does that make sense? Like the record looks like it got cropped because they put the rock and roll over um, saw blade logo over it. Um, but these other ones look amazing. And yeah, I've, I've you know, it's like, ah, well, don't want to get one. So I'm looking forward to see if they do any others and, and maybe, you know, if they do like creatures or, or, uh, a dynasty i might have to make one my my special christmas gift for the year because <laughs> they, they, they did a good job with some of these new ones i, I wasn't crazy for the solo albums one to be honest because i would have liked to have just done it individually over all four yeah. people but these ones the designs are really good yeah i mean i did get the solo album one i'm thinking that's the only one that they might do um but now they're you know doing the other ones and Oh, the only oh, yeah. one they might do. You've been a fan longer than any of us. <laughs> yeah, you know I, better. I should know better. I should know better about that. So I'm waiting. Uh, you know, the I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I'm considering the Hotter in Hell. I mean, I, the Rock Rollover looked okay to me too, but uh, we'll see. Maybe there's some more coming. Um, I'm hoping. Yeah, like there's uh, like a, a live two, which was my first album. That Kiss album I bought. I'd love to see that one. I think they could do something really cool with that one. Uh, That's why I think the, the idea is such a... like that fire. 
that's oh. on the site cover or something, you know, something cool. It's such a winner, especially for fans who became fans in the original era. I mean, imagine yeah. someone who became a fan in 1974 and they see this award, just like you said with the live two for you. They're like, that was, you know, I can't afford to do all of these at 270 pounds. No. But damn it, I'm I'm going to make sure I have that kiss one. And you know what? If they do in the silent one, it, it, it's right. sold. Because you kiss out. Because oh, it, it's my kiss, it's my entry point into yeah. Kiss. You know, as much as you know, there might be one or two others. I, I've said how much the Hotter Than Hell one appeals, how good the Destroyer looks. You know, there wouldn't even be any doubt about me pulling the trigger on Asylum and probably the Elder. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, the Elder. If they do one, that's a very big if. The of Elder course. one. Yeah. Both of those are two big hits. It, I wonder you know, what that'll look like. Imagine that mm-hmm. if it sold more awards than it had albums. That'd be hilarious. Possibility. <laughs> 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 oh, jeez. All right. So there you have it. Yeah. I, so- I, have to say, I have to say at least the other merchandise with um with this 45th release, um, I just – I love the jacket. I don't know if – and again, anybody who buys any stuff, this is nothing against you or anything. You know, you, you make you make your money, more power to you. It's it's all you. Do your own thing. You know, you be you, boo. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's just some of the merch. It's it's like ah, it's not what I'm looking forward to and stuff. I, I'll be honest, like the Kiss T-shirt, it's cool. But I was hoping, like, oh man, are they going to bring the the original black T-shirt with the Kiss logo and the rhinestones? That, that, oh. I mean, the women's, the women's. They got a full women's, but, you know, you know, it'd be cool to get as a guy, you know, at least, you know, it's <laughs> you like, still wear it. Women's shirt. Yeah. Yeah, extra, extra large or whatever. I know, you guys got Show like a yourself off in it a little bit. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that one's going up in price because there's a few more rhinestones in use on the triple XL version. <laughs> but, um. But but I am glad to see Kiss is kind of going a little bit in the right direction with doing some of these anniversary uh, type releases and mm. looking forward to seeing what come, might come out this year with you know Dynasty hitting 40 years. And well, yeah, you're talking about the anniversary. I mean they they announced that on the release date or whatever it's technical release date of the Kiss first Kiss album, right, Julian? So what's the next release? date coming up in like March this month or next month I think it's I Dynasty think March is no. the Dynasty is March is, is the next May, release May. date but uh, Hotter Than Hell came out like in October but Love Gun came out in June I could see him wait until like Love Gun around June March. and doing that what the 42nd anniversary so what so <laughs> do you think they care about that they don't was it some landmark thing little, when so, they yeah. did Rock and Roll Over? It wasn't some landmark so anniversary date when they did Rock and Roll Over. Right. It was on the day it was released. <laughs> That's true. So I could see, let this play out for a few months and then Love Gun in June. Okay, so... We'll do, yeah. a, we'll do a podcast in June and say, well, Lonnie was right. Like we, just like, <laughs> we, do the, we can do the Lonnie was right podcast anytime. Um, <laughs> anything to keep you happy and on the team well we'll, that's important to me i mean this is uh 2019 so what in terms of anniversaries you've got the 30th of hot in the shade um 35th of animalize the 20th of uh millennium show (laughs) that never really came out (laughs) 
Uh, well, I think we'll get a hotter in fall, probably. Um, yeah, in the 40s. We'll get a hotter than hell in the fall. We'll get it. Yeah, Dynasty. We'll get that in the fall. So I say, I say they do Love Gun in June, and then they do Hotter Than Hell in the fall. They just They're going to space them out. They're going to space them out. They They're have to space them out because exactly. these things are $270 per go and $30 each for an album. I can't buy an album like that every month. I just don't have that sort of money to spend on albums that are basically going to stay in their shrink wrap. Or if I do take the uh, open them for pictures, you know... It, <laughs> It's expensive on top of the freaking concert tickets. Yeah, I didn't need to go to five shows, but, but I, you are. So. I, I, yeah, I right. needed to go to five shows. But you did. The truth comes out. And, and then, of course, there's the airfare to get to those shows. I mean, my, my credit card is like flopping on the ground, begging for mercy right now. And I just realized today that I'd, uh, I'm flying into the wrong goddamn airport for the Madison Square Garden show. Like, Jackass. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not want to fly into Newark, but uh, apparently that's what I chose. I thought I could have sworn it said JFK, but not that much oh, well. different. There's direct. My dad once booked a flight in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and he, but well, he thought it was in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, but it was really in Philadelphia. So he took a cab from the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania airport to the Philadelphia airport. <laughs> 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 <Sorry>. <laughs> uh. All right. So what else did I did I announce the prize winner yet? Not yet. No. Uh, you did on Facebook, but not here. Okay. Well, on Facebook I've already announced it. But uh, the winner of the autographed five by seven Tommy Thayer photo was uh, mm. what's his name? God. <laughs> it is Richard B. Richard Thank B. You. is the winner. Oh, Alex. 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 Take over your house. You doing doing show prep? There's no show prep on this show. Now, I've got so many yeah. windows open here right now. That this it... looks bad, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Sir, Richard B., you won the photo uh, taken by Julian, signed by Tommy Thayer, and a Tommy Thayer end-of-the-road guitar pick. Congratulations. Jesus, I'd be lost without this nice. team. All right, so Alex, since you uh, had another topic that you thought was uh, worthy of discussion, uh, why don't you uh, lead us into it, especially, especially Ken? Yeah, so I was uh, I, I messaged Julian earlier uh, in the week over the weekend, and I thought it was really cool. We're just kind of thinking about um, I'm doing a, I'm in a history major, so big history project technology allows us to have information pretty much at our fingertips. Uh, but I was curious with some of the older uh, generation fans, uh, the the more seasoned veterans of the Kiss Army. Um, but what was like the method of like receiving information? And that was really fascinating because I know Julian, you've mentioned like living in Singapore for a period of uh, I guess a couple of years or so, right? And I was just curious, like how did how did that information come to you? How far behind, you know, when you found out? I mean, and I give a great. I remember my dad picking up, you know, I've talked before of him having kiss killers, and uh, you know, he picked it up in the Philippines. He was over there with the Navy. And he had no idea until he came back to the States and was playing as like, yeah, you guys get the new Kiss uh, Best of Killers. And you know how much America. the Philippines version of the Killers is worth? Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, but his friends were like, no, what are you talking about? You know, and so he was like, uh, what What do you mean? What am I talking about? He's like, here's the tape, you know. And so I was just kind of curious with you that, you know, like Ken and stuff, how, how did that information come in? Besides, obviously, of course, I'm sure fanzines, if you had any fanzine uh, 
uh, subscriptions. All right, Ken, I, I, I do way too much talking, so you please start on this. <laughs> yeah, well, Alex, you'll hear it. I diet gray just to look older. But anyway, no, uh, really, seriously. Um, <laughs> but the way I got information, especially, uh, you know, KISS, um, when I got into them, it was originally it was magazines like uh, even 16 magazine, you know, 16 uh, circus magazine. I had a subscription to that. I had a subscription to hit parader magazine. I had a subscription to Rolling Stone though. They didn't put any kiss in there. Um, uh, what else did I get? Uh, oh, there was, I say circus. Yes. Um, and anything else later on, I, I would pick up, you know, going into the 80s, there was other. Now, once I saw Kerrang, which was, I probably got, saw the Kerrang about early 80s. Um, I remember, you know, them like, whoa, what's going on here? Because no longer people were putting Kiss in their magazine. But here's Kerrang putting Kiss in the magazine. I was like. Well, this is cool. And that was at a record store uh, which sold import records. So I saw that, and that's where I saw, like you said, Killers. I think I saw something about Killers. I'm like, what the hell is that? Killers? Where the hell is that? You know. And then it turned out then a friend of mine actually found Killers at a, another store um, in the Bay Area. It was a, kind of a used record store, which is called Rasputin's. And he, he actually picked it up, saw it, and picked it up for me, um, which was nice of him. And he and he was a Kiss fan, too, but he gave it to me, um, knowing that I was crazier than him about Kiss. Um, so, yeah, other things I used to do is even even for, remember when Kiss was on Solid Gold, uh, I, I used to have the uh, TV guide. And I'd always get a new TV guide. I'd go through the TV guide page by page looking at, what movies are coming, what this or that, you know, something that interests me. So I knew ahead of time, it's like the, the, uh, poor man's TiVo because TiVo, you know, you have the grid and you can save it. But this way you, you're looking through this thing, you know, day by day. And I said, okay, I used to watch solid gold because I'm a music fan. Uh, any of those music type shows, whether it's Don Kirshner's rock concert, midnight special, all that stuff. I keep an eye on, um, but yeah, the TV guide, I remember seeing the TV guide for, first of all, the, the kiss movie, 19, uh, in the 78, the kiss meets the phantom. That's where I knew that first it was going to be on. I probably saw it on TV as an advertisement, uh, too. Um, but the solid gold thing, I remember seeing, Oh, wait, kiss is going to be on there. I made sure I was in front of the TV when that happened. I also made sure I was in front of the TV on the Tomorrow Show on Halloween. After I came back, I had the makeup on still with my friends. And we, yeah, we had the kiss makeup on, came back. And I, I remember watching the Tomorrow Show on the first airing in front of the TV set. Um, Who did you dress up as? Gene Simmons, come on. It's, <laughs> you know, it's the man. So that's... That was it. I mean, that's that's the kind of thing I would do. Um, there was no other way. Maybe, you know, like back in the day, too, when you were waiting for concerts, every 
Sunday, Julian may remember, they used to have the pink section of the SF Chronicle. And I looked through that every every time we got that. I looked through that. It always showed the new concerts coming. It would advertise the concerts coming and, and so on. Uh, and you'd always look for Kiss or whatever. I think there was another another uh, paper that did that too. That's how I knew like that Kiss was going to play at the Stone, mm. you know, on the the first show the the Revenge Club tour. Uh, I saw it there. I was like, okay, me and my buddy, okay, we we got to go to the box office, you know, when it was going to sale right away. You know, we got to be up early. You know, I think it went at 3 a.m. or something like that uh, to get tickets to that one. I wasn't going to miss that one. So. Those are some of the ways. Otherwise, it was it was kind of difficult, you know. Jesus, you remember Ticketron outlets? I remember Ticketron, right? Yeah, <laughs> I remember standing in line. You know, whether it was like uh, Warehouse Records, Record Factory, or you know Tower Records, waiting in line out, you know, in front of the door uh, with other people. When you when you when you'd actually queue up in, in hopes of getting an early ticket assigned from the front, you know, progressively worse. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's it's all spoiled today when you can just have a thousand bucks to get that ticket up front. I mean, come on, there's no suffering. That's true. It's, it's only financial, not physical suffering right. to get those tickets. For me, it was completely different. You, you have to remember, Alex, of me living in various countries. When I lived in America. I had just gotten into the band, basically, so 1985. So, you know, much the same as Ken, it was Circus and Hit Parader were pretty much the magazines that got passed around by us in school. Um, and I looked at the ads in the back. I've told the story about that Elder single. You know, is the, the only way that I could listen to the Elder was to find that uh, Japanese Oath single through... I think it was in probably circuses. That was the one I bought the most in the back. But what I didn't notice back then were the fanzine adverts. I never did a fanzine <laughs> subscription in my life um, until Steve uh, Steerwalt's, um, I can't remember what it was called now. Um, so I. Oh, what was that? No. Yeah, strike? No. It, it, strike? It, no, it, Strike wasn't Strike. No, it was his website one that he There's did. Firehouse? Uh, no, I, I still have all the issues, you know, somewhere, yeah. but I don't remember what it was called off the top of my head. So I never did the fanzine scene, which I really regret because that really seems to be one of the things that brought so many people together and has kept people. You hear about it on other podcasts about meeting each other through fanzines and kind of maybe um, uh, what those letters called that used to do pen pal type letters to, oh. to the Kiss fans that they built these relationships and then did fanzines together. So that that's completely alien to me. Once I moved to Singapore, there was no real kind of rock news because of censorship in that country. Um, I don't recall there being any rock magazines of any description. Um, so I only saw a new album when it was on the racks, which meant it had made it through the Singaporean censorship board. But I was going back to England every uh, winter, and I'd already started going back there on a more regular basis and had discovered Kerrang!, had discovered Raw, had discovered Metal Hammer, had discovered a whole bunch of things. I think I'd seen Kiss Crazies as well, so that was my first introduction to fanzines. Um, so I got my news. In Singapore, I got no news. I got my news when I went to England 
for Christmas to see family and at the summers, uh, those that I, I went home for. And then I caught up, but I, I never did the fanzines. And then after Singapore, when I was in, I went to Penn State, um, it was much like I had been in America before. I was ignorant of fanzines. I'd stopped buying rock magazines of any description. I didn't even know Revenge had come out until I actually saw it in a record store. I think my man, I was working at Wendy's when I was there, told me that there was a new Kiss album out. I was like, or I saw it on MTV. So I was completely out of the loop by that point. And then once I went back to Scotland in 92, then I became much more aware of kind of what was going on. So, you know, a lot of folks out here in the, in the States had fanzine connections. I mean, the new England network, Keith had a, you know, LaRue had a fanzine. Um, everyone, it seems had a fanzine. So there was a much easier way for people to kind of keep in touch with one another. But at, you know, I was very mainstream. You know, I wasn't doing, you know, Mr. FAQ was not doing any fanzines of his own. Um, I, I was probably the last to know of everyone on this, you know, panel right now because of how disconnected I was because of censorship or geography. Lonnie, I mean, becoming a fan when you were, how did how do, yeah. how do you answer Alex's question? It, it, it was a lot different back then. It wasn't just available at your fingertips whenever you wanted to know what's still latest and greatest news on your favorite band you just go to each band's website or even today you just go to each band's twitter account or facebook page even um it was different you had i had to rely heavily i mean i, I bought hit parader and, and and metal edge and 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 magazines like that to keep up on my favorite bands but i also had to rely on the radio the radio was a mm-hmm. was a great source of information and KC95 here in town, they would have like, they, you know, they would, they'd give you some, some just specs of information about what's going on with the band that, that they, that your favorite band might be in the studio, that, that this is what that, that they are out on tour even, because you, you couldn't just go and look up, you know, your favorite band's tour dates. Oh, this is, oh, look, they're in, they're in Dallas last night. I mean, you didn't, you didn't know that you didn't have tour itineraries at your fingertips or anything like that. Um, so I relied heavily on, on the radio and in case you would have like five o'clock counter announcements on Tuesdays at five o'clock. So you always, you always wanted to be listening. If there, you know, if there was a new kiss album out or if there was a new whatever album out, you know, and there was a rumor that they might be going on tour. You always, my brother and I would always be listening to KC Tuesdays at five o'clock to hear if there's a counter announcement and, and they would tease it leading up to it. And they, you know, they couldn't tell you who it is, but there's a concert announcement at five o'clock. You don't want to miss this one. So, you know, we'd be, you know, sitting there around the radio and either we'd be excited or we'd be pissed. Like, oh, I don't even care about this. Group. You know, I don't care that warrants coming to town or whatever. So it, you, you had to be very attentive. You couldn't, to, in order to be up on the band, you couldn't just be kind of casual. You had, you had to be, you had to really be assertive about it either through, through magazines or through the radio. Um, and it, it, it wasn't just the, the instant news. I mean, I, I've told the story on here before several times that, you know, I knew Kiss was doing the, um, the uh, convention tour in 95. I knew that was happening, but I didn't know that they reunited with Ace and Peter on MTV Unplugged in August. And I remember about a week or two before Halloween, 
MTV started airing commercials for, be sure to tune in, Halloween night, Kiss on MTV Unplugged. And I remember I was sitting in a basement with uh, my girlfriend at the time and a couple of her friends. And that commercial came on. I saw it for the first time. I'm like, oh, wow, Kiss is going to be on MTV Unplugged. No way. I mean, I didn't even know that it happened. I really didn't. And maybe you say, well, Lonnie, you weren't really up on the band at the time. But it was not at your fingertips. It just wasn't readily available to you. And I said, oh, wow, Kiss is going to be on MTV Unplugged. This is awesome. They're like, Kiss. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. So I remember being – so Halloween night, 95, I was – I guess I was a sophomore, junior in high school, one of the two. And I was talking to my girlfriend on the phone, watching MTV Unplugged as it unfolded. And they played, you know, coming home. Sure know something. Wow, this is great. And when Paul Stanley said, we have a little surprise for you tonight. We're going to bring out with some members of the family. We're going to bring out Peter Chris and Ace Fraley. I absolutely lost it. I had no idea that was happening. And now you you couldn't keep that kind of surprise from, from anybody now with with the internet. And I guess there was internet in 95, but I didn't have it in my house in 95. And I absolutely went batshit and like lost it when, when they came out and my girlfriend's like, what are you talking about? I go, you have no idea how freaking cool this is. (laughs) This is unbelievable. So, I mean, it's a memory that I'll, I'll always, always have. And, and, you know, think days like that are are gone. You'll never have a freak out moment like that again, especially something that was pre-recorded. You're so You'll lucky that you I, you didn't have the internet in your house, so you didn't know about it. Whereas I had the internet in Scotland and I knew about it, but I couldn't watch it. So, which is that worse. might be worse. That might be worse. It's closer yeah. than anything. I, I remember actually, yeah, and I've mentioned before. I remember being five. Yeah, no, I was six. I was six because it was first grade, and we had just got back from Texas. My mom had had a liver transplant a few weeks prior uh, to that. She ended up passing a year later, but we got back, and since I was in school, I remember going trick-or-treating and coming home and watching MTV Unplugged with my dad, you know, sitting on his lap and watching watching Unplugged happen, you know, six-year-old, like little father-son bonding moment, and, you know, so I get a magical moment of when it happened and stuff. My dad, I remember him, like, cheering and stuff, and, you know, I'm just cheering along with him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, you know, get the whole big deal, but I was like, cool, other people coming on stage, yay. <laughs> but, but it's a moment you can't, you can't forget, though. So, um, but, yeah, it was just, you know, it was interesting with, with you know, just, how, you know, what you guys mentioned with the news. I had a little glimpse of that kind of when I, uh, some of you know, I did, I did do a two-year religious mission. Um but I remember we would go get, uh, I was in Arizona for that. We would go get, I think it was called New Times Magazine or it was like a news periodical weekly. And anyways, we'd, we'd go steal a couple copies from the, uh, they're free from the little newsstand. Steal a couple pack. copies, you're on a religious mission. <laughs> or they're free that you could take them on the table. But we, we, <laughs> we just, we, and it wasn't like approved reading material, but we'd get it to pack our boxes if we were like mailing stuff. So stuff wouldn't get ruined. And I remember, like, you know, flipping through there, and there was a little ad that Y&T was going to be playing in Arizona. And, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, I had no idea this band that I enjoy is coming out. And it said, you know, listen on this state to KDKB, which is the radio station in Arizona. And I remember I was like, okay, it's, uh, it's a day off, and I'm not supposed to, but I'm going to do it. And uh, taking a tape cassette play and turning on the radio and just recording the whole interview that the band mm-hmm. did on the radio station and sitting to my dad. So I got a little glimpse, though. Of, of what it was like to not be at, you know, privy to that instant 
information that that we get uh, today and stuff. And so I was just always fascinated with how that may have been for you guys. So thank you so much for sharing your your memories there on that. I think instant instant gratification has kind of ruined everything for everyone in every way that we see it on the message board. We see it on Facebook groups. I, I guess we see it in how we kind of deal with information that it's just so fleeting and you read it, you react to it, you dispose of it in in a in a blink. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not appreciated. Nothing, you know, an interview, um, and we saw that with a lot of the stuff that Tim did for both the solo book, uh, the solo albums book, and the Elder. That he spent all of this time hunting down these people, getting in contact with them, forming relationships with them in some cases, and doing interviews, and then transcribing them. Um, editing them, getting them approved, posting them, and people read them and didn't even, they just moved on to the next thing. It became a completely kind of consumerist um, mentality. Also with the information that, you know, we have within minutes of a KISS show, or even during a KISS show, we know the set list. We know what's going on. If Paul screws up on stage, we know it. If Eric drops a drumstick, we, someone's been live feeding it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And every, there, there is no... There's no delay. There's no filter. There's no anticipation. There's no wait. You know, I have a great deal of respect for people who've stayed away from all of that uh, during this tour until they see their show and, you know, more power to them that are able to do that. But, you know, everything has, you know, just like Napster and music has been devalued, so has our fan experience that the things that we once craved to enjoy are now just disposed of as a fancy, as a whim. It's almost that everything is treated as if it has no value because we're instantaneously gratified and provided the information. And, you know, it's a very sad case compared to the excitement. I I remember, you know, getting off a plane in London. I couldn't wait to get up to Liverpool, get out to Penny Lane Records, Mm. you know, get out to HMV, get out to whatever new secondhand record shops that my sister had found and would take me to, to see what was the new Kiss shit that was out or the new old Kiss stuff that was out, the the new magazines, the new stories. Oh, D. Snyder, Twist's sister broke up. Oh my God, how did that, (laughs) you know? Or London Choir Boys. It, it was just one of those things that for me catching up i would binge on music every december you know the family would be stuffing itself on turkey well after i'd done that and had a few beers i'd be just buying hundreds of pounds worth and that's money not weight of mm-hmm. um of records i mean going through rust in peace and stuff that hadn't made it out to singapore yet and just enjoying it now boom Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean anything to anyone. I don't think we have the emotional attachment to things that we once had where we had our attentions held more. And yeah. it's very sad. I, I kind of see that in some of the reactions to the end of the road tour, um, magnified because I'm wanting to savor it and kind of just enjoy the whole thing one last time. And it'll be over in a blink, and we will have seen every. Every fame, you know, flame <laughs> fart on stage, and we will have basically blinked and missed it all. Yeah, I mean, talking about the, you know, the gratification, you know, 
working for something. You know, I used to go to record stores once a week, at least once a week, maybe twice a week. Mm-hmm. I'd go to the record store and I'd always walk down past the kiss aisle, past where the kiss, you know, the K's were. Always checking. You go, you go, you have to go in there, look in there. Okay, ah, nothing new. It's just still everything's the same. And you go over the other artists, you know, mm-hmm. that you were into. Yeah. Uh, maybe you'd buy a new album by some new artist, but uh, yeah. you'd still, you'd always have to pass the the Kiss section and say, you know, and, and look if something showed up. And that's what happened to me with Unmasked. That album, I went by, I was like, I wasn't expecting it. I'm like, what the hell is this? I mean, it was so different looking from their mm-hmm. <laughs> other covers. Uh I was like, I didn't, I didn't even know what's coming out. I didn't know. That was one of the ones that I didn't know. Maybe I knew I was working on it or whatever, but I really didn't know. Um, certain ones I did know, you know, before then, you know, Dynasty, I knew. And I went there the first day. But other albums, you know, they would show up. You always look. Your favorite groups, you go down those aisles and look, search and see if a new one's out. Like or maybe there was an import or something. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I remember it. I remember, you know, always going had to that another, in the back of your mind. I remember another record store. Oh, it was the Elder. I went into a record store. It was a real small joint, and I walked in and I looked at the wall of the new releases. They had them on the shelves on the walls, certain walls. And this is a very small record store. And I'm looking at the records. Okay, blah 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 blah. And there it is, this album, this brown covered album. And I was like, wait, what? And there's a Kiss logo in the corner. I was like, what the heck? Is that that? And I remember buying I didn't know it was coming out or it was out. It might have been out a few days or, or a week. Like I said, if I went every week, I didn't you know, miss it by much. You know. Someone posted Later a picture on, on Facebook today that reminds me of a story that you just uh, kind of jogged my memory on. They posted a picture of a pre-internet, pre-electronic uh, catalog. Um, and mm. I remember when I was searching this for catalog. the L. Yeah, remember it was yeah, about four thousand, four thousand pages. Like yellow, yellow pages. Yeah. yeah. And I remember going into a record store and asking about the elder and they had no idea what the hell I was talking about. So they pulled out the, it was like on an arm, this massive catalog, which was basically a catalog of every piece of music that was in print at the time and thumbing through it to the kiss collection and I, uh, to to the kiss section. And and they're like, "Mm -hmm." you know, (laughs) going through the pages. Okay. Going through the list. No, we don't have that. (laughs) It's not out. You know, I'm like, can I see that, please? Because, you know, back then... No, I, you it, may not. Only I may look at the book. No, I wasn't allowed to see it. I, I wanted no, to copy no, down because I didn't know what Kiss, you know, albums there were. You know, I only saw, like, the stack in Music City in Binghamton of what cassettes were on, on the wall as you went in, in that store. So, I mean, that was just one of those things I saw today. We, that's way off topic, so let's wrap this one up. Um, two last things before I close or we close, is I have two Los Angeles forum buttons left. Mm. That's of the 100. So if you were at the forum show and I did not see you and I promised you one, do PM me or email me, and you can find me on the FAQ message board or on Facebook under Kiss FAQ or Julian Gill or Twit or Asshole, um, any any one of those. Um, Two left. If you want a Vancouver one, I've still got quite a few of those. I'm probably going to end up binning them because uh, 
if you weren't there, they're not really going to mean much, but uh, maybe I'll throw them up on eBay. But the LA ones, I will send those out to people who went to that show and did not get a chance to meet up with me. Already sent some out this week, so that's that's kind of all I've got. So uh, any last thoughts before we wrap it, Alex? No, I appreciate again you guys sharing just you know a lot of lot of stories, a lot of reminiscing, a lot of nostalgia with with everyone today on some yeah. memories. I always like listening to my grandparents tell stories too. Um, <laughs> I'm a history nerd. nerd so I would never mock you over history. I, that's my degree: history, modern history, and politics and philosophy. History. Yeah, yeah, I really use that degree. All right, so let's leave that there. That was a whole bunch of different things that we've just kind of approached today. Ah, I do see one thing I forgot to mention. I I, I can't do that like Ace. Ah, um, <laughs> sound like a bug getting squashed. Ah, um, Gene Simmons Vault. They did their first 2019 Vault experience today in Dallas. So if you are mm-hmm. still interested, you have an opportunity for a meet and greet with Gene experience. Go to Gene Simmons Vault dot com um he is doing these events on the 24th in memphis the 3rd of march in chicago and the 5th in minneapolis so those are the only ones he currently has announced or you can get the vegan meatless version uh without meat without greet just the vault uh at genesimmonsvault.com all right so for now from alex from ken from Lonnie and myself, thank you for listening. Chime in on any of the topics that we've discussed today, wherever you listen to us, and let us know your thoughts. Uh, but we appreciate you listening to us. Bye for now. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.